Hey gang, I think it's time for an Edmonton market update. So if you're interested in investing in Edmonton, you're going to love this upcoming episode. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. So, hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. Holy moly, I'm having a, a little bit of a doozy of a day here. You know what? I, I was sitting here and this morning I got a couple um, calls lined up. I have a conversation with uh, my lawyer, some closing, some sales, some purchases. And of course, you know, perfect time. And I also was going to record some podcast materials here and record some some training materials and, and videos and stuff like that. And of course, during that time, I just have a complete meltdown on my computers on many respects. The My email server is down, website's down, my computer crashed like three times. And then when it comes up, it always has to have an update that it has to put in. And then that update was corrupt. And oh, oh I just, it's one of those days, you know, sometimes, you know, what's the old saying uh, when Murphy were... You know, if things can go wrong, they will go wrong. And it just so happens today when I just have some deadlines and have things to get done, all heck is breaking loose. And and here's the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm just exactly like you guys. That If you're out there, I know many of you are out there, you're trying to build and scale and grow a real estate portfolio and you have challenging times and you have some frustrations and you have some things that just don't go well. I'm in the boat right beside you. Uh, I All these things is, you know, a couple deals that we're working on just, you know, we're, we're going a little bit sideways, had to get uh, some partners to, you know, some emergency Zoom calls and had to have a conversation with our lawyer and had to have a conversation with a few things. So, you know, I'm right there in the boat with you. I, I'm rowing the boat alongside you. Um, what you're feeling, I feel very similar all the time. And the bottom line is what I want to say is just uh, we got this as a community as a group of real estate investors, we're in this together. We're here to help and support each other. Okay, gang. So in the opening tease, you would have heard that, uh, you know, today's all about uh, an update in the Edmonton marketplace. So, wow, it's been, I, I was just looking at this, it's been almost a year since I had my good friend Jason Mattern on the podcast. And and we were out, I was out in Edmonton in late December to, uh, you know, to go through a portfolio and we're writing offers and I had to do a presentation. I did a presentation, a wonderful presentation to a group of real estate investors out in Edmonton and tied that in. And I just, uh, we, we covered and did so much work in one week while I was out in the field. We shot a whole pile of videos. So more to come. We did uh, some stuff in his, uh, in his uh, office and recorded some podcast material. So that's what you're going to hear here is Jason and I sitting down mono a mono kneecap to kneecap in in, uh, in the office and and just having a, a wonderful conversation about what's going on what's going on in Edmonton things have changed um some good some bad some indifferent and you're about to hear a lot of that in this episode um also what the you know some of the pivots and some of the opportunities and there are tremendous amount of opportunities to be brutally honest i'm going to give you maybe the ending here is there's a, an amazing amount of opportunities in edmonton again 
Uh, I've been writing offers. I'm out there actively acquiring and looking to buy more properties. Some of the zoning bylaw changes, some of the things that are happening are just very, very favorable for real estate investors right now. So, you know, I'm going to keep this intro really tight. Um, This is a deep episode and we go into a lot of detail and you're going to just love this um, update in the marketplace. And also if Edmonton is the market for you, by all means, hit me up. Let me know. I've got 20 plus years of experience investing in that marketplace and I'd uh, love to be able to help you out along the way. Okay, gang, with all that being said, let's just get right after it. Please help me welcome Mr. Jason Matter. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Got a so so if I'm not sure when I'm going to be releasing these ones out, Jay. It'll either be before the out in the the field trip in the in the winter tunderland. But as you can see here, we're we're in the nice calm studio. It's nice and warm. We don't have the fuzzy hats on anymore. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that other video, by all means, check that one out where we, we did a tour of all the different opportunities in the marketplace. Top line, obviously. Top line. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's getting boots on the ground, right? Yeah. Seeing what's out there. But first of all, Jay, it's been, holy moly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a regrip with that hand. It's been far too long, my friend. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I Glad just, to have you in town. Yeah, yeah, happy to be out here in Edmonton. I'm in... Jason's opened up his office to me here, and we've been doing some work out in the field here. This is a crazy, super busy office. There's buying, there's selling, there's transactions happening all the time. And for you to free up this time, I'm very grateful and very honored to come here. Likewise. Thank you yeah. very much. Yep. And and I was just kind of referring to our notes. It's been, geez, it's been almost a year, maybe even a year and a half since we probably created a new content. And it's time for an update. You know, I think maybe even more than that, Russ, maybe yeah. in there. But, you know, uh, we all know the last year has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. And I think... You know, the lot of the content that we as real estate investors should know about is in a lot of cases stuff that's not available. It's not on our Google news feeds and somewhat in our uh, social media channels, but a lot of it flies under the radar. And I yeah. think if we can kind of expose that and help investors assess if Edmonton's the right fit for them, yeah. that's our mandate. Yep. So, and I was just reviewing our last notes and this is going to podcasts and also YouTube. So um, I think, first of all, a congr- big congratulations for a lot of the investors that took action. I think we recorded some materials in summer of 2020 and a lot of people took some action at that time and lots of people bought something and they're in potential potential positive equity positions. They may be locked in at a fairly good interest rate. So congratulations for those of you that took action based upon what we recommended at that time. Well, I tell you what, just giving a little further context to that, and absolutely congratulations because we all know buying on the right side of a a market cycle and we're, we're still there, but, you know, giving a little context to that, if you bought a property, you know, two years ago, you know, you've definitely got some equity, but you're probably sitting in a five-year fixed mortgage rate, probably in and around the 2% or less. Yeah. Right? So, you know, expiring or renewing into the 2025, 2026 range. So really, what an amazing opportunity and ability, more importantly, to to ride out the, the, the storm that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'm in many... With a lot of my new construction properties, I locked in in, in the threes and a couple of them in the 3.15. Yeah. 
at the time were going, oh, why are we doing that, right? But now we're sitting there going, thank goodness we did that yeah. <laughs> in many respects. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it's high time that we had an update. Are you, are you down for some questions? Are you down for a little Absolutely. bit of an update? Yeah, lay it on me, you bet. Okay, so we're recording this for all intents and purposes. Whenever you watch it, you watch it. But let's call it 2023, okay? So yeah. 2023, uh, 2022 interest rates have grown. Markets have actually in some markets across the country have fallen. Some markets are holding their own and some markets in Alberta, Calgary is like an island in and of itself. It's actually had double digit growth yeah. over the past year. Yeah. Now I know we're not in Calgary. This is Edmonton. Yeah. Um, what would be your best synopsis of what's going on in the Edmonton market right now in say 2023? Well, I think, you know, we're in the, in the midst of a transition for us. Yep. I think Calgary, you know, has had a good run. Uh, we were in double-digit numbers here in Edmonton, too, earlier on. Year over year, we're not anymore. Yep. Uh, we're, we're taking a pause, I think, much like many other metropolitan cities. Uh, you know, we're seeing corrections, obviously, in the Vancouver and Toronto housing markets. But in Edmonton, we've really continued to chug along. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good reasons for that, economically, uh, you know, speaking in, in, in the business world and the oil and gas world, uh, you know, but uh, the high interest rates, no doubt, has has given pause. And I think for good reason, you know, a lot of our investors really retracted back and were sitting on the sidelines watching. And, and I really think that was the right move. I think there was a lot of uncertainty going yep. on and, and who knew where things were, were going. You know, uh, we know the Bank of Canada has recently increased rates again, uh, you know, for the seventh time. You know, now there's a bunch of whisperings that this might be the top. So what's happened is the the, the investors are, are maybe seeing the, the, the top of the cycle, I guess, as far as the interest rate hikes and activity is, is, is starting to really, really increase, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, and past that moving forward, we know these storms are going to happen. Yeah. We've owned real estate now 20 some years. You know, this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I guess we need to prepare for that. And I think buying real estate, uh, we always say keep lots of margin, not only in time in your life, but cash in the bank too, to, to be able to withstand these storms. Because we are seeing, right or wrong, we are seeing circumstances with investors where they're panicking maybe, or maybe not looking through the right lens and they're looking to really offload assets now. Yep. And like I say, everyone has the reasons behind it and whether it's right or wrong, that they need to determine that. But I guess from a business standpoint, we know these cycles come and go. And if you're able to persevere through them and get to clear title real estate, well, that's where the real benefit from owning real estate comes in. Yep. Yep. Right? Now, you have your finger on the pulse of some, you know, I would call almost insider information, people you're talking to things that you're out there. And I know you can't give everything away here, but we'll, we'll do our best. So um, economically speaking, boots on the ground, economic growth, um, population growth, all those kind of things. What, what's, what's shaking out here in Edmonton at the moment that you see? Well, I, I think our population is, is growing like crazy. And it's, it, you know, it's, I think, just on the verge of some really significant growth. Uh, looking at population projections, you know, and I've got a government document just off to the side here where they're forecasting, you know, the population, you know, of Alberta to grow by 2 million people, you know, in the next 20 years. And we know national immigration 
uh, in migration coming, a lot of those people are coming to Alberta. The percentage is continuing to rise yep. because there's jobs here and, and, and home prices are really affordable comparatively to other markets. Yep. So, you know, you, you take that into consideration, you look at some of the geopolitical moves that are happening around the world and understanding the demand of energy, you know, the, the feeling on the ground here, Russ, is that we're really on the cusp of some good things. I don't want to use the B word, and we're talking about the boom word. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the average home price in Edmonton uh, versus the average home price, again, across the nation, and I'll, you know, zone in on, on, on Vancouver and Toronto markets, it's literally 20, 25 cents on the dollar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? When we pulled up numbers yesterday, you were showing me that it truly is 25 cents on the dollar. Right. Yeah. Now, when you overlay that with affordability uh, and then we start looking at, you know, average household income in Edmonton yeah. comparatively to those other markets, you know, Edmonton kind of jumps to the top where, you know, our average household income is amongst the highest in the nation. Yeah. So, you know, economically, does it make sense for people to live here? And I think a lot of the in-migration and not only in-migration, you know, internationally, but provincially, yeah. you know, people are moving to, to Alberta. I had to laugh because I was out your way uh, <laughs> a couple months ago, you know, and I drive by and I see a billboard in Vancouver from the Alberta government, I'm assuming, trying to, yeah. uh, you know, entice people to move to Alberta. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So think about that for a second. Some of the highest income, so people earn money, earn more money. Now, we just we just talked housing. Housing is 25 cents on a dollar. Like, average house price in the area is 400 and change, give or take? Or well, we're the, the sales price. So we're yeah. using sale price, and we're, we're the, the, the condos and the single family are clumped together in this number. Yeah. But at the end of November, it was $368,000. <laughs> and that's sale price. That's not list price. That's mm -hmm. actual sale price. $368,000 for average sale home price. So that is... Affordable. Now, that is only just housing, Jay. Yeah. Now, when you un overlay, um, what is what was gas today? A buck twenty, a buck twenty a liter. Dollar nineteen. A dollar yeah. nineteen a liter. Yeah. When you just, there's less, uh, there's no PST. So every dollar you save, you're saving eight percent on every consumption dollar you have across the right. board. There's less, um, probably alcohol tax, cigarette tax, every other kind of tax. Imagine it's it's much more. Not only do they you earn more money here, you actually are more affordable that your dollar goes further here. Is that a safe assessment? Well, I, I think that's just common sense. Yeah. When you start adding that up, there again, there's no land transfer tax. Yes. You know, uh, there's really very limited rental restrictions. Yeah. You know, so when we do get in these environments in Alberta, you know, the the rents have to go up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the last, you know, six to 12 months, the, the rental rates have gone up here. Yes, quite significantly. Significantly. Yeah. And I, I, I still think from a national perspective, I think we're still undervalued in a rental oh, market. And I, I probably have shared this example just recently. And our our daughter, Emma, is out looking for a place out in the suburb of Vancouver, Port Coquitlam. She's looking at a one-bedroom, one-bath condo. The rent was seventeen fifty for a one-bed, one-bed, one-bath condo. Wow. We just rented out our house in Leduc before utilities for, like, was it 19 or two, just under 2,000 bucks for an entire house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. I think that was just the upper suite. Actually. That was, yeah, sorry, yeah, the suite, upper suite. The upper yes. suite. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. There's, you know, and then, you know, you look again, you know, comparing all this information and looking at it. And again, whether it's right or wrong, but you're asking me for my gut feel. Yeah. And that gut feel is, you know, we're back to, 
you know, where things could potentially bust loose. We've got yep. now a uh, premier in office, uh, right or wrong, uh, she's making some things happen. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's all good news really contributing to the momentum uh, of yep. the economic engine yep. of Canada being Alberta. And and one of the things is, I know you mentioned the report you looked at was add another 2 million people to the population. Um, Danielle Smith, whether she's right or wrong, her 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 declaration is to double the population to add another four and a half million to, right. the, to the population in 20, 20 some years. Right, right. Now this is, I, I don't yeah. want to say smoke and mirrors or yeah. information. Yeah. When you look at what the city of Edmonton has done with transportation changes and bylaw changes recently, there's no doubt in my mind they are aware of the population increase coming. Yeah. The transportation changes again with LRT, with freeway expansion, uh, not only Anthony Henday, the, the white mud, the yellowhead, all of these turning into freeways now, uh, the LRT expansion, you know, and if you ever get time to dive into the 50-year planning and development within the city of Edmonton, they're planning for this already. Yeah. Now, on top of that, you see recent bylaw restrictions, or sorry, restrictions the other way, relaxations you know, uh, with parking and increasing of density inner city, you know, and there is a mandate, uh, you know, to increase population within the Anthony Henday Ring Road. Yeah. You know, in Edmonton, and I can say this because of Explore Toronto and Vancouver, we have a lot of land here. We're not, <laughs> you know, and we just keep indefinitely expanding. And, you know, there is a cost to that. Yeah. And it's the transportation utility corridor costs of maintaining boulevards and light standards and mowing grass and snow plowing and all these things. So really, we're, we're set to grow. The, the The mandate is to really increase densification uh, within the within the current footprint. Yeah, and that's been one of the you know like I'm a I'm a cheerleader for Edmonton because I love I think this is a fantastic opportunity. But the big and I, I'm I'm also I always tell the truth and tell the honest truth to each and every one of you. One of the big downsides to Edmonton has always been. Um, sprawl, urban sprawl. Like literally right. it's like, um, oh, let's put a new subdivision in. Oh, there's a canola field. Let's just go knock it down and, pssst, and there's a new yeah. subdivision. Yeah. Um, so what that has done for those of you, if you're Vancouver and Toronto where you know the places to grow act or Vancouver with mountains and borders and oceans, um, what that done is has kept the land price down. Right. right. So you're telling me that Edmonton is starting to address this by growing in and up as opposed to out. Is that, is that well, the case? It, it's tax dollars, Russ. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you can sprawl out as big as you want. And Edmonton geographically is very big, yeah. you know, comparable to Vancouver, yeah. uh, you know, with, with, you know, Vancouver being three and a half times our population. But it boils down to, to tax dollars. Like I say, the, the, the more you spread out, the more there is to maintain, like I say, with light standards and roadways and repaving and, and all these types of things. So yeah, they really want to increase density to, you know, to, to the infrastructure's there yep. to expand. Now we need to expand, yep. you know, so the, the city of Edmonton, the government of Alberta have done a great job of getting ahead of that because you just come from Vancouver and you tell me driving on our freeways versus your freeways. I mean, <laughs> there is a difference. Yes. And there is lots of room for expansion here. Yeah. We need the population now to come. Yeah. So essentially the best way I would describe is the container has been built. Now the people need to be put into it in essence. Right. Right. And there, the city planning is planning to densify in, not grow out because they're already ha they're happy with the size of the footprint at the moment. 
to sum it up, yeah. to sum it up, I mean, who knows where this thing will grow? <clears throat> I mean, like I say, if you get into planning and development, they there is a fifty-year plan in play, yeah. and you know, but it, a lot of that plan uh, and a lot of that density is forecasted to come into yeah. the inner city inside the Anthony Henday Ring Road. Yeah, and there's some um, news articles. One article I just read that Edmonton is truly being seen as the um, the poster child for land use densification rules and progressiveness mm-hmm. on expanding the zoning bylaw zoning and things like that. Edmonton's one of the most progressive that other cities are looking to Edmonton. Yeah. And I know this for a fact because we've been out we were out just yesterday looking at properties. There there are some infill opportunities right in right in the heart of the city where you can take a house, one house, knock it down, and then when you're done, you could potentially have six units on it when you're done. Those are some opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, on RF3 lots, up to eight units, uh, right. eight suites, right? So, I mean, it's uh, there is significant opportunity in the infill yeah. uh, if you got the stomach for it, yeah. <laughs> right? And you have the team and people to do the work. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does. There, there's no doubt you can participate at a at a more equitable uh, wholesale level, if yep. you will, but there's, it's definitely more risk associated with I it as well. Totally understand. Yeah. Now, now, just one of the things that um, when we were doing some videos, probably one of the last ones we published, um, we were putting it out there and we were walking through each of the different types of property types and, you know, the side-by-sides and the houses with suites and the four-plexes and six-plexes and eight-plexes. And when we were doing that, um, we were the numbers at that time on a pro forma basis were showing about roughly around 500 buck cash flows, give or take on some properties. Yeah. What is that reality now in Edmonton? Probably not going to happen. Yeah. Just it's being completely honest. straight up. No, please, please lie to me. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, and Russ, it, it's not because our economic fundamentals have changed no. at all. As a matter of fact, they've gotten better. I believe. They've gotten better. And I believe they're continuing, even in this environment with again, geopolitical issues, energy issues going on in the world today, uh, our economic fundamentals in Alberta are continuing to strengthen and our employment numbers are showing that, yeah. you know, and we haven't even touched on that yet, but I mean, the economics are the, the employment numbers are super strong and actually we're in a job deficit currently. We need people. Yeah. We need people to, 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 to yeah, come so to work. Yeah, so if you, if you, if you, if you need a job, come to Alberta, you'll get one. It's not <laughs> Instantly. hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not hard. It's not hard. But at the end of the day, yeah, you 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 look at these things, and again, I don't want to use that B word, but it's it's really you know we could have some really good things coming in the next couple of years. Yeah, cusp of the boom. I'm going to say that. I, you know, let's. I'm going to. We're going to put this video out, and we're going to bookmark it when it came out, and uh, we'll we'll be honest, and we'll do a review each year. And if we made a wrong call, we'll be honest about it. But I believe, based upon what I've seen, we're just on the cusp of it starting to take off again. Yeah, yeah. So. One of the key words I used yeah. earlier, Russ, is, yeah. is transition. Yeah. And you know what? I think the whole world is transition. I don't think it's yeah. Alberta. I don't think it's Edmonton. I think this is really a global thing of transitioning out of a pandemic. Uh, you know, the the you know the the consumer goods went crazy. You know, coming out of a pandemic and 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 revenue at that time when our supply streams and everything were disrupted. You know. It's it's going to take time. Yep. You know, and, and and getting back to cash flow. Yeah, the the cash flow in Edmonton today is not as great as it was. Yeah. But I tell you what, we've got really creative on this side. You know, working with our builders and developers and sellers to to maintain cash flow, not only maintain it but to to keep it positive. Yep. And looking where things could potentially be twenty four months down the road. Yeah. You know, we know our rental rates today are rising. 
I think they're going to continue to rise, yep. you know, especially in certain market segments, right? Uh, you know, and then looking again at population growth coming into it, you know, these are all contributing to, you know, a tighter uh, rain on the rental market, yep. which is probably going to drive demand, which will drive prices. Yep. Now, interest rates, we know, and this is just my opinion, I'm not professing to be any sort of economist. It's just grassroots, you know, John Deere tractor green <laughs> type opinion. Yep. Okay. But I mean, if we can't sustain the interest rates where they are today and they do come back down into that three to 4% range, yep. the cash flow is going to significantly change in Edmonton. You know, and, and, and my, you know, in the, in the pro formers, I guess, and where the projections that we're using is we're literally taking, and I'll use a, a home with a legal secondary suite, for example, is over a two-year period, we're increasing those rents by $150 over a two-year period. <laughs> so $75 a year over two suites is the projections that we're using. Right. And then knocking the interest rate back down to 4%, it's pretty lucrative game for cash flow in a couple of years' time. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're really underestimating that that rental increase too. I've, in some some units, we were three four hundred dollar increases this year like ten percent plus on 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 across the board almost yeah understood and yeah. like i've said a million times <laughs> and i haven't had anyone get mad at me yet for making more money so i mean it's uh again it's a conservative real approach i mean we've got literally dozens of these properties deployed hundreds of these properties deployed into the marketplace yeah. and we're, we're not grabbing at straws with these numbers these are live numbers that we're using yeah and and i'll give you credit for being extremely creative and proactive on maintaining cash flows during this challenging time where somebody just would have threw their hands up and say, oh, you know, victim mentality. It is what it is. Interest rates have gone up, but you've done some really creative things to help maintain cash flows. Now, I know we don't have the time to go into all those details, but suffice it to say is you, your, your business is investors and you have a, a vested interest to get good product in front of people. You're right. That is our business for us. Yeah. We cater to real estate investors, period. Yeah. And, you know, as I said earlier, we know these storms are going to come. Yeah. So we can either sit here and boo-hoo about it and, and maybe sell our assets, <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, we can get creative and, and yeah. get a little feisty and figure out ways how to, you know, maintain cash flow. We know, or at least we assume and project this to be a shorter term storm, but you know, my opinion, again, John Deere Green opinion, yep. it could take two years, Yep. you know, hopefully less, but it could take two years for things to settle out. So in the meantime, this pressure that we're seeing, this inflationary pressure, you know, has calmed the real estate market. Yes. You know, we, we've seen prices really stabilize. We've seen new construction prices actually come down you know, to a point to where we were probably 18 months ago again. Yep. You know, if you watch lumber futures, you can see the price of lumber's right back down. You know, there's a little bit of pressure, I guess, on the labor force now to to maintain this stuff. But what this equates to is is really our acquisition cost of the assets is really back to where we were almost 18 months ago. Right. On the Especially on the new construction side. You know, the, the resale market never did see that big jump that the new construction market did yep. last year. You know, because the resale market's obviously driven, you know, more on comparative market analysis where the new construction market is based on the, you know, supply of goods and materials and labor. Right. You know, and when we saw that inflationary environment take off, well, so did new construction prices. Yep. You know, things have simmered back down. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, if you can acquire a property now 
and you can save ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars versus buying it, you know, in twelve months' time when everyone else dives back in and everyone sees yep. the golden light at the end of the tunnel, you know, is it worth it? Yep. Right? And, and and I can't answer that for people. Like I say, at the end of the day, this is something that I can give the information in front. We can look at the the reality of the prices coming down. And are you better off to wait? Are you better off to buy today and work with us to maintain cash flow? Yep. Right? We're gonna it's not gonna be juicy, but it's gonna maintain, it's gonna pay for itself. And in two years' time, you know, now now you're set. Yeah, in two you years know? you've got two more rental increases and you've got potentially new interest rate environments. Maybe you've taken shorter term positions on mortgage rates. Like I'm recommending most people take like a one one to two year fixed term right now because that's pretty pretty good good numbers. Like don't lock in, right? And then if they start changing in the other way, you you reset your interest rate, you get a new in, you get a new rental rate. Now we're talking about uh, that's cash flow, like significantly more. And then at the same time you you had Two years of mortgage pay down, and, and arguably that could be another twenty or thirty thousand dollars in equity built up. Right. So when you start looking, and I'm I'm glad you're bringing that up because it, it's not all about the cash flow and yeah. real estate investment. There's yeah. the mortgage uh, principal pay down portion of it, and obviously the the capital appreciation portion of it. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about saving on the asset acquisition value. But what are the real estate prices going to do in the next two years in Edmonton? Are they going to stay flat? Well, if they do, great. Are they going to come down? Or is the potential for them to go up based on what we're seeing? Yeah. You know, so again, you start laying out all these numbers and you start looking at the big picture. It very well might make sense for people to, you know, at least lock in their contract today on a new build. And we're closing on this thing, you know, probably next summer, fall, anyhow. So it will insulate, I guess, from, uh, you know, the inflationary environment or the higher interest rate environment another 10 to 12 months potentially. All right. So I sure hope you're enjoying this wonderful conversation. And we're going to pop right back into the in-depth detail of this conversation between Jason and myself. But first, our good friends from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another financing tip. And today's tip, Dahlia talks all about non-conventional mortgage products, those mortgage options outside of the banks. You're going to love this tip. Take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. With mortgage qualification getting tougher these days due to the rising interest rate environment, I wanted to let you know about some innovative solutions on the street that can help you qualify for a higher mortgage amount or for better mortgage terms on both a purchase and a refinance. As you may know, in order to qualify for a mortgage with a traditional lender like an A lender or a B lender, Your income and debt ratios must fit the lender's gross debt service ratio, which is called the GDS, and the lender's total debt service ratio, which is referred to as the TDS. If you need a reminder on what the GDS is and the TDS is, the GDS is the percentage of your monthly household income that covers your housing costs. And the TDS is the percentage of your monthly household income that covers your housing costs and other debts that are on your balance sheet. Let's say that you're looking to qualify for a $700,000 mortgage and your bank or broker says that you can only qualify for $500,000 based on your GDS and TDS. 
Here's the thing. If you have liquid assets like cash, registered investments or unregistered investments, then some lenders would actually look at those to help you qualify for more. So let's say you have $200,000 in such assets. Some lenders would lend you $1 worth of mortgage for each dollar you have in these types of assets. And that would be above and beyond what you would qualify for in terms of a mortgage amount with that lender based on the GDS and the TDS. In this example, if the maximum mortgage you can qualify for is $500,000, then you can get an additional $200,000 in mortgage due to the assets that you have. There are lenders on the street that would also consider a percentage of these assets and they would use that as additional income to help your mortgage application. Isn't that great? Outside of these lenders that offer such programs, other lenders may give an exception. What is an exception? An exception is allowing you to qualify for more um, or giving uh, your file better treatment per se, because you have a cash reserve in the account. That's an exception because that gives the lenders comfort. That's how they think about risk mitigation. So what are the key lessons here? Number one, disclose all of your liquid assets to your bank and to your mortgage broker because that may open up additional qualification doors for you. Number two, do not assume that you need to use this cash to pay down debts. And please consult with your mortgage broker before you spend this cash, let's say to complete a re renovation or to finish a construction or for any other purpose. During tighter qualification cycles, like the one we're in right now, lenders actually come up with innovations, such as the ones that I shared with you today. There are other non-traditional programs that are also available to you on the market and they can help you qualify for more or qualify for better terms. If you are currently not happy about your mortgage qualification or options, my team and myself would be happy to help you explore qualification options and possibilities that you may not have considered in the past or simply are not offered through your bank. You can email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Yeah. So what what is some of the projects that you're seeing on the go that are happening in the and, and I'm not gonna hold your feet to exact details and when and how much, but there's some pretty large projects that's going on up in the industrial heartland and areas like that. What are some of the things that you have as somebody who lives here that's not in the mainstream media of this kind of stuff? What are some of the things that you're seeing and hearing on the ground? Well, I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll first start by saying what is actually in motion and, and everyone knows about it. I mean, the, the Trans Mountain Pipeline yep. is, has, has been approved. It's been in progress for, and it, it's set to open mid-2023. Actually, ground zero and where the pipe goes into the ground actually is, what, about uh, a kilometer, <laughs> for half, a, half a kilometer from here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're really close to ground zero on, yeah. that, on that pipeline. But, you know, that's going to create significant opportunity for distribution, which we've yep. never had. Yeah. 
you know, the, the, our, our, our big distribution right now is to our neighbors to the south. Yeah, and or rail. Via rail, via yeah. truck. We yeah. do have pipelines, obviously, yeah. going down there. Uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, the, the, the Transmount, or sorry, not Transmount, the Keystone Pipeline, you know, I know Biden vetoed the bill, but we need to understand this pipeline is already there. Uh, you know, it exists and it ships about 600,000 barrels a day of, of Alberta oil down to uh, Steel City, Nebraska. So these things are all, in a lot of cases, flying under the radar, yep. you know, which is fine. Um, the, the other thing, I guess, in Edmonton that we haven't had is a lot of, uh, you know, since the inception of the Alberta oil sands, we've never really been able to, you know, refine or distribute high-end product, high-end profitable product. Yeah. The Alberta industrial heartland is, is, is changing that. It's very energy centric, not only on oil and gas and innovating our oil and gas industry where we're at today, but also, you know, there, there is a 58 megawatt solar farm out there. There's also the hydrogen plant. And I almost had yeah. to laugh because there was an announcement literally a couple of weeks ago of the federal government uh, pledging a half a billion dollars to complete this hydrogen project. Yep. Uh, which was 375 and another 125 provincial. But at the end of the day, it barely made the teleprompter across the six o'clock news. Uh, you know, and I'm sure it didn't hit the news out of no, your neck. Not the even, woods, but if we didn't talk, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> right. So you, you look at some of the innovation and, and, and projects that are happening in Alberta, you know, $45 billion in capital projects on our doorstep in Northeast Edmonton. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. And again, this is an economic fundamental that could potentially, I don't say will, but could potentially drive our ho- housing prices because it's attracting workers and workers and workers and workers, yeah. high paying jobs. Yeah. And, and, you know, if any of you have been in this market in Alberta for a while, um, I'm starting to see things line up like I was seeing in, you know, 03, 04, 05, 06 of those kind of things of the especially the the, the one that I'm, I'm tracking, which I saw was the population numbers. Like I think the in the last quarter, it was the highest in 15 years or something like that of in my interprovincial migration. Yes. Now we're not even talking um, immigration of immigrants coming in too, which Alberta is one of the second highest in the country for for immigrants as well. For now. Yeah, for now. I'd yeah. probably even getting higher. So interprovincial are coming in, international are coming in, and all these projects, all those things, I just sit there and I look at when you have $45 billion worth of capital projects, those equal jobs. Jobs attract people. People move to the job. People have to live somewhere. And when people move into a market to start, they typically rent. And oh, by the way, I want to have a rental property available for those people that are making good money. Right, and then eventually they might stick around. They may buy. They might fall in love with the with the uh, with the pierogi festival and the and the daffodil festival and all the the, the river valley festivals, and they'll stick around in Edmonton and buy a place. Yeah, Russ, I think you're you're probably seeing that fairly straight. We've seen actually investors that have jobs that they can do from their home. Yeah, that are moving to Edmonton and and taking up the house hacking model, if you will, mm. you know, and 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 moving here. But but really, from the immigration standpoint, interprovincial is one thing that's you know I think the the easiest path of immigration. The international aspect of it is, yeah, you're seeing a lot of people coming from warmer climates that are willing to put up with a little bit of minus thirty. Once in a while, a little bit of snow, yeah. you know, a few mosquitoes in the summertime because you can buy 
a nice three bedroom home here, you know, for three hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, in a lot of cases you can buy a brand new one for that. Yeah, well so I'm I know very well these numbers I'm just talking about here is there's a wonderful little uh, half duplex model, nice three bedroom, one and a, uh, is it two and a half or one and a half? Which one? My place. I've, I've seen here, here's the thing is I can't even remember if how many bathrooms. Oh no, it's, it's two bathrooms. It's two bathroom, yeah, yeah. two bathroom. Um, fixed up when we put a little bit of time and effort into it, we'll sell for $250,000. Right. Right. And that's like that. And that's a nice place. Right? With About, a single attached With garage, a single attached yard, garage and a basement. Yeah. And back home, you know, our kids are looking at townhomes in the six hundred to $800,000 range, like for a townhome, which is not even a, this similar. Like you're, you're truly paying three times the amount. It just doesn't make sense. No. I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. I no. will be the first to admit that. But I mean, uh, uh, I like to keep common sense in the room. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and this just isn't making sense right now uh, to be buying, uh, I guess, assets in those markets. You know, and and just, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, it probably hasn't made sense in the last couple of years for me. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it I think life is all about experience and, and you know what I experienced that here in Edmonton was yeah. our last real estate boom Russ. We know, you know, in two thousand six, seven and eight where our prices went up, I think twenty one percent, twenty seven percent, and two thousand seven, fifty one percent in one year. Yeah. You know, and guess what happened? I, I personally got caught up in the equity drunk and I <laughs> bought properties. You know, I still own them today. I've managed to maintain them and, and, and continue paying them down. You know, but in, in September of 2008, when the plug pulled out, you know, the, the value of real estate dropped, you know, and the interest rates went up. If we back up in June of 2008, I think we're at 5.75 prime interest rate back yep. then. Yep. So very similar to what we're seeing today, you know. So again, I'll relate this message to, you know, buying on the right side of a, a real estate cycle. We know you can spend time in the market. Great. If you're willing to wait 30 years, buy a property, it'll work. Yeah. But I also can say, based on personal experience, buying on the right side and getting cash flow and contributing that cash flow to mortgage principal reduction yep. or using it to buy more assets yep. is a way better use of capital. Yep. Right? Now, I, I, I hear something out there all the time. You know, it's not timing the market. It's time in the market. So. I 100% agree with that. It's time in the market is more important. But at the same time, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And, and hear me out for a second. All right. If somebody in Ontario bought a place in April of 2022 versus buying it in December of 2022, don't you think that timing would make a difference to them? In some cases, I've seen properties down a couple hundred thousand dollars in that period of time exact same places. Now, I totally agree that you need to be in the market long term to, in order to reap it. But if you bought it for $250,000 less, chances are you're probably going to make more money in the future, right? So timing does matter, does it not? Well, I couldn't have said it better. I yep. think uh, if you have the ability to yep. time it, yep. it will make a difference during your term of ownership. Yeah. Now, the thing is, you're never going to get it perfect. You're never going to get it right. And only hindsight can tell you whether to get it right or wrong, right? But at the same time, be, be cognizant of the time you're investing into it. Like when in the season, not, not the weather season, but the season of a cycle, be very mindful of when you're getting in. Well, 110%. Let yep. me give you a live example. I just said I bought real estate in 2007. 
I wasn't the only one. Many people did, right? <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it was we again. I, I keep using the term equity drunk. It was it was you know everyone was diving in. Yeah. What happened after the fact? Okay, I bought the property. I still own them today, and I've regulated. Yeah. But the 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 five years past were quite painful for me, and I'll yep. tell you why. Is because the interest rates went up. And I got caught holding a property that had devalued, yep. you know, and, and the rental market wasn't going up either, you know. So I got put in a position holding a property that had devalued and in some cases was down to mortgage value yep. that I couldn't, I had maybe would have had to stroke a check to get rid of, yep. you know. Uh, and again, this relates to holding that property and having to put capital on it and support negative cash flow. Yep. Versus, I tell you, some of the properties I've bought in the last 10 years have been the opposite, where I've made five, $600 a month cash flow from them, yep. and I've been able to contribute down every year a little lump sum down on, on mortgage. Yeah, you're, you're, you're snowballing your mortgages to pay off on your new construction. The thing is, your older properties, you're actually almost having to take money from your new construction to pay pay the maintenance bill on your older stuff just to keep them going. But you're at a point where they're almost fairly low in mortgage value. And and I think you the comment you made to me on one one of our wonderful phone calls is, I've put so much time and effort into work into these properties, they're going to start paying me soon. Well, exactly. I mean, and there's been rental bills along yep. the way and stuff, but I've always said the real benefit of real estate comes when you get to clear title asset. Yeah. You know, to where you get to exercise the bank of hip pocket first national deposits yep. at yep. least, right? Clear uh, title. That's like some people think of that as a swear word. <laughs> and I don't I, know. I don't know why, but some people. Well, think and that. I understand that. Yep. And I, like I say, everyone has a different plan of what they're trying to do with yep. this. But you know, for myself personally, I this is part of my retirement plan, and yep. I want the the passive income from these assets. And I want to still own the assets because this gives me now options. I have passive income, you know, uh, you know, plus I still own the assets. So, you know, if I want to attempt yep. to be my own banker, I yep. probably can. Well, and here's an exercise. I don't mean to go too much of a tangent, but here's an exercise I walk a lot of people through. Like when I have a consultation with people, they tell me kind of bottom line, what's your cash flow number? Let's just use, let's say it was a thousand bucks. Okay, awesome. Um, if you were, what's your mortgage payment per month? And they'll go, well, geez, let's, I'm just going to make a number up. So let's say it was 6,000 a month in mortgage payments across things. I go, okay. So if you didn't have that $6,000 a month mortgage payment, what would your cash flow be? Now it's not a trick math question. Wow. What would your cash flow be? It would be 7,000 bucks a month. Right. So if your portfolio was free and clear, $7,000 a month is now potentially retirement money that you could potentially retire off of. I'm glad you were paying attention to that math. It yeah. makes sense though, right? Yeah. Like it's And it doesn't have to be that, that complex. It's just whatever you're making in your mortgage payment, if you didn't have that, that would be free that would be cash flow, right? right? So you add that to what you're currently getting cash flow. So then the question I often ask people is, so what's the valuation of your portfolio? What's the mortgage balance? And let's just make a number up and let's say it's 10 million bucks. Okay, what's the plan to pay off the 10 million dollars in the next 10 years? Right. Right now, I know that's a big number, and some people just gasp at that. But I've seen more people do. I've seen people do it in faster time frames. To be honest, but you got to understand if you have ten million dollars of mortgage value, you know your asset value is yep. probably quite a bit oh, higher. Significantly, yeah. Right. So I mean, this is front loaded to where it does start on the front side. But you, you every year that goes by, you gain equity. I, yep. you know, the best time of year for us is what. 
getting your mortgage statements exactly. every year, right? which is right around this time of year, right? right. And, and and seeing the equity that, especially once you get past you know year ten in your yep. amortizations, you really start chunking mortgages down. Uh, so it, it it gives you options, but you're, you're right, and and that's my mentality. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Is to 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 buy assets and, and to pay for them and to be smart with them and and upgrade them if needed. I mean. Uh, Everything has an effective age and time, yep. um, you know. And I think throughout the process of ownership with real estate, you have to make decisions. Even buying new construction, if you hold on to them for fifteen yep. years, you're eventually going to have to make a decision. Well, do I do I restore this property or do I just take that equity and move it into another new and, one and pass on that maintenance on to the next owner? Right, right, right. And there is a plan for that, and you know, I employ it myself personally, but. Yep. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just maybe the niche that we've figured out to yep. to get to the end zone, right? Yeah, uh, where we want to be at a specific time in the future. Got it. Um, pivoting the conversation here a little bit. So, good majority of the clientele that comes in that's you know wanting to book a consultation and find out if this is a good opportunity or whatever. Majority of them are out of town, so they're investing from a distance, right? right. I had to I had to fly in to come here to to see things and stuff like that. And majority of your business is people out of town. And uh, so, how does somebody do this long distance wise? Like, give me give me some 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 simple steps for somebody to take if they're out of town and they're looking to invest in Edmonton, but they don't live here. Well, I think it, Russ, it just starts with a phone call, really, mm -hmm. and an understanding. Just everything we just talked about uh, of understanding of what where they're going, where are you at today, and where where are you headed. Yep. Right, and I think once we can determine that place in the future of where they want to be and what they need to accomplish, that we can really start, you know, uh, for lack of better terms, reverse engineering the path to get there. And that path is probably understanding if you know Edmonton's the right fit, and you know, understanding if if we and our services are the right fit, and then lastly, the 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 property type and making sure that we're inserting an asset into these families that is actually going to give them what they want. Now past that once we again have that understanding you know we've got the connections here the, the yeah. relationships i shouldn't say connections they're relationships yeah right these are people that we know we use we trust and that's builders developers you know there's property managers lawyers mortgage brokers along the way you know and then on top of the the maintenance side you know all the contractors and the furnace suppliers and stuff that you need we open that up yep. because at the end of the day, we trust these people. We're confident in their ability to deliver a great service. Yep. And I think it's more probably an uh, individual relationship for each investor. I'll open the, the Rolodex up. Here, you use these people. I trust them. You phone them and see if you can strike up a great relationship because I guess, you know, it's the old adage, maybe not what you know, it's who you know. That does ring true in, in real estate. Yep. but. The, the relationships are so important, uh, especially if you're investing long distance. Now, I'm not saying you can't pick up the phone and, and do this yourself. Of course you can. Yep. It's going to take time and effort yep. and probably some trial and tribulation to find the right relationships and the right skill sets that you actually need. And a lot of that to do is either it's, it's after the fact. What we do in the acquisition process is the fun, easy part. Yep. You know, it's easy. We've got a nice accountable process, keeps everyone in the loop. Everyone knows where everything's at. Great. Then we hand the keys to your management team. This is where the rubber hits the road. So if you're self-managing and we have a lot of customers that live abroad and self-manage, I shouldn't say broad, but out of town, long distance and, 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 and self-manage, 
or if you have a property manager, that's great. But the 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 maintenance and the ongoing relationships that you're going to need moving forward are probably the more important ones. Yeah, and 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 I'm going to give you guys a so here's a hot take and a hot tip as somebody who is an out of town investor, which is myself. Um, Edmonton is a big city. It is. There's, you know, even, you know, it, it has a small town feel to it. For some reason, it has a small town community feel, right? But it is a big city. And there are, uh, in this city, as opposed to many different cities across the country, there's some areas that are, are not good areas, like truly. So one of the best things you need to have, take it from one out-of-town investor to another, if you're coming from out of town, is you need to have boots on the ground, somebody who knows the market, somebody who will tell you the, the truth, somebody who will give you real talk on area by area specifics. And that's why I always come to you about talking about this. I, I send it to you all the time. What about this area? What about this area? And, and I'm not going to repeat some of your answers, but, <laughs> but, but um, you just tell the truth of, of, of an area. And, and how do I know this? And how did Jay know that? Is because I've invested in a lot of bad areas in this town. And I've learned the lessons. And it's just like, not going to do that. I had a lot more. Both of us had a lot more hair about 15 years ago. Well, that's both of us. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's areas definitely we want to avoid. Yeah. Right now, on, on on the flip side to that, Russ, there's areas that we want to focus on. 100 percent. As investors, and uh, I'm not going to be disrespectful to my industry colleagues, but you know, if we're looking at it from a present day, hey, where's the best place to to buy a property? You know, Southwest Edmonton. Well, I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, but I think there's other areas that will produce a higher return. Yep. Again, not based on cash flow and mortgage principal reduction, maybe on appreciation. Yep. You know, based on transportation changes and where the population is growing and where the jobs are coming, you know, but these are things, again, if you can appreciate at 1% higher level, which is possible, very possible, yep. we've got the, the proofs in the pudding, you know, it is going to make a difference, you know, throughout your term of ownership. Yep. And we know, Russ, we've, we've made mistakes, right? We, we've, you know, publicly shared these mistakes and that's okay, yeah. right? If we can save the, the road bumps, I guess, along the way that we went through, yeah. I, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, you were just telling me a story this morning about a, a group of people that were coming to town to buy a place and it was, uh, you know... On, on the surface, it looked like it was a cheap asset. It was a, you know, it, it looked like it was a, you know, an apartment building. It looked like it had a good, you know, uh, price point to it on paper. And what was your advice that you gave to them? I told them not to buy it. Yeah. yeah. And, and why? But, but you would have representative and maybe brokered the deal. and You would have got a commission check out of it, wouldn't you? Potentially. Potentially, right. Yeah. But uh, you know what? It's, again, this is the fun, easy part. Yeah. I am so mindful of years two through 15 or two through 10 or whatever your timeline is. It's really the ongoing management and our yeah. financial statements moving forward. Anyone can pick up and phone a realtor and put an offer in. Yeah. Shit, that's easy, right? We can do that this afternoon if we want. Well, let's do it this afternoon. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, but again, it's it's these things in these buildings that either are going to chew into your financial statement. Yeah. Russ, and they're always the same things. It's your repair and maintenance cost. Yeah. It's your vacancy tenant turnover is a huge one, yep. right? And it's your management costs. And your management costs are unfortunately associated probably to these two items. Yeah. You know, so looking forward in your financial statements, if we can regulate these variables yep. by just being smart at acquisition, yep. right? It makes sense. It puts cash flow in your pocket. Yeah. You get to keep it. Yeah. There's no sense making all that cash flow and having to give it out to other people. Why the hell would we do that? Well, and that's and that's some of the things that people will sit there and go, yeah, I love 
Edmonton sounds great. Price points sound right, great. Rent sounds great. Holy moly, I can pick up this place in Alberta Avenue for a fourplex for, you know, $600,000 or whatever the numbers are. And, and you sit there going, yeah, but the deferred maintenance is probably almost equal to what you paid for the property. So there's just the point I'm trying to get to, gang, is... Um, be mindful of the areas, have a good expert on your side to be able to show you the, the areas and not just come at it from a standpoint of trying to sell something to you as a commission, come at it from a standpoint of matching the right asset to you to make sure it fits long term with your lifestyle goals, your financial goals. And that's one of the reasons why we, we talk is you provide, you actually provide a, a bigger, more of a boutique, boutique service than any quote, quote unquote and I'm not using this in a negative term, a realtor service, if you will, you, you, you have a different process here. So talk, talk to me a bit about your process. You're right, Russ. It's yep. completely different. Yep. If, if anyone out there is looking for, you know, to get put on a, 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 a property drip, yeah, an MLS, uh, an MLS, set me up on an ML, MLS email search or something. It's probably not going to happen here. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, you know, very focused on, again, procuring the right assets. And it, it's not, you know, what I want and respectfully, a lot of times not what the client wants. We've got all customers, tenants that are paying, in some cases, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 to live in these properties every year. You know, we need to cater to them a little bit, Yeah. you know, and of course be mindful from an owner perspective and make sure that we're, you know, getting the specification and the, you know, to, to maintain tenancy, with very low maintenance and very low management fees. Yep. That's our mandate. Yep. Our tenants is to have the best, biggest, best house they can get for the cheapest. Okay, get that. But there's also this thing called the market that actually regulates that for us. Yep. Right? But when you start, you know, uh, and I'm going to plug new construction here a little bit, but when you start and we have the ability to sit down with our builder groups and really procure assets that are going to serve its intended purpose. Okay? So things like, you know, parking. Uh, separate entrances, you know, separate laundry facilities, you know, separate air exchange, separate heating controls. All these types of things contribute to maintaining tenancy because tenants' issues will cause tenants to leave. And those issues, Russ, are always yeah. the same darn things. It's yeah. noise, smell, privacy, parking, you know. So when you go pluck a house off MLS, it is what it is. You can't change that yeah, stuff, Yeah, it's right? round peg, square hole. Right. Yeah. And then you try and find a tenant. Yeah. Quite frankly, we do the opposite. We know exactly the tenant profile we're targeting. Yeah. Actually, three of them, right? And we cater to those people. And, and, and when we look at the bills, this is who we're finding. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's not trying to, I guess as you alluded to, trying to find a property that may or may not work and you don't know who you're attracting. You have to understand who you want to do business with. Yeah. And that's that customer. That's that tenant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm just going to, not that I'm pumping your tires here for a second, but you're an absolute savant when it comes to taking a look at a property, taking a look at an, uh, at a, at a, you know, a, you know, a piece of land. And we were case in point yesterday, we were out looking at this place an inner city one that I'm, I'm very serious about looking at and maybe putting an offer in Jay, we need to submit that offer by the way, um, about doing it. And you just sit there and you go, okay, now if I was doing this, it's almost like, um, 
Have you ever seen The Good Doctor? You ever watched The Good Doctor? Yes. When Sean Murphy Dr. sits there, Doctor Murphy, and Sean Murphy sits there and he sees all the how the the things all thing together, and he visualizes all these things. That's like what's going on in Jason's mind out there. And he sits there, and goes, "Well, what I do is make sure you, you this house. You can move the garage closer here. The parking pads. You put one in the front, one in the front over there. The tenant's going to walk from this side of the house over to here. So you put a walkway here. And I'm just sitting there going, I go, holy moly! Like like you you you're 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 brilliant at that. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not pumping your tires on that, but you see this um, as an investor and you're one of the best I know at this. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. It's not by being a rocket science, that's yeah. for sure. It's really trial and error. And it's, it's really, again, just based on functionality. If you have a business model yeah. and you're going into business, would it not make sense to cater to your customer? That's, that's good business. Business one hundred and one. That's good business, boy. <laughs> yeah. You watch McDonald's and all these big chains. How they pay attention to their customer, yeah. right? And bring out burgers at specific times of year and all this stuff. Paying attention yeah. to their customer. That's all I've done, Russ. Yeah, is really just get feedback from our tenants, our management teams, our owners, and really do something with that information. Yeah, right. And and just continually, it's just a constant iteration. It never stops, and yeah. it, it, it's a moving target. You know, the, the property type that I would have put in front of you 15 years ago is not the same property type that I would put in front of you today. Absolutely. Too much has changed. Yeah. Right? But it's a moving target. And we can either just, like I say, sit here and plug listings at people. That's not our business. Yeah. Again, our business is to make sure we put the right assets in front of people, you know, that are actually going to give them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And have a good experience as opposed to a crappy one. Right. Well, we see lots of those, and and yep. and and this isn't like going out and buying a, a new car. Yeah. You screw up, and you don't like the car. You can yeah. go trade it off next week, and yeah. maybe lose a couple of grand. This is much more involved. Yeah. Right? This is a long-term financial asset. In some cases, this is people's pension plans. Right. It's in this asset as opposed to having it in a mutual fund or a company. You know, an old teachers uh, the uh, the Ontario teachers pension plan or whatever. This is your pension plan. No, this is serious business. Right. And just getting the right asset at the right time in the right area that has a good opportunity. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, okay. So if somebody's been listening to this or watching this and they're maybe interested in, um, you know, getting some further information and maybe they want to take a look at under the hood of Edmonton a little bit more, what's the next step in the process for somebody? Well, I, I think easy. Uh, they can either go to our website, tryurban.com, or I'll, I'll even give my email address, jason at tryurban.com. Yeah. It's just reach out. Yeah. Like I say, it starts with a conversation, Russ, no strings attached. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm willing to give anyone, you know, 15, 30 minutes and, and hear them out. Yeah. Um, and and it really, that's the first step. And I, I think the... You know, the, the competitive advantage in, in today's world, you know what, we all have choices. And I think we just need to make sure that, you know, as I said, the three check boxes, make sure that Edmonton fits, make sure that we in our organization here are fit and our services are fit. Yep. And then, you know, the conversations roll into property types and, and start looking at live opportunities. But yep. it's it's a little bit more involved. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, we, we're, 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 we're careful in that approach. We're very strategic in that approach uh, because it works, yep. you know, and I think if people are willing to, you know, give us an opportunity to earn their trust and show them, you know, and, and, and create value first, yep. you know, it, it makes for a very strong relationship. And, and that, that's what we're after. Nope. Russ. We're Understood. not after transactions here. We're after relationships yep. because that's the, that's the salt of our business. And 
that's my personality. No, nope, I hear, <laughs> I hear you. Right. Well, why don't we leave it there? Um, so a couple things I'm going to ask of you is, um, you're interested in uh, keep continuing the conversation about you and I am doing a, a regular, let's not wait another year or so for our next video. You're interested in continuing the conversation, delivering more content for everybody? Yeah, I, Russ, yeah. I almost think we have to, yeah. you know, uh, because it's, there is a lot of value, I think, yeah. in this. At least I think there is. Hopefully you guys do yeah. too. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's really just delivering information. Yeah. We all know decisions are made out there. Get that. Yeah. yeah. And we want... I think just to enable with good information, enable good decisions and end of story. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's time. I think it's just about lunchtime because I hear my, my stomach uh, gurgle and, and I'm, is I'm making, that is? I uh, yeah. something else. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm actually, I, I think if I actually go back through a lot of our videos that we do, I think every single one of them ends with the, we, we need to go eat. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think everybody's watching goes, geez, you guys eat an awful uh, lot. I'm, I'm not one to turn down a meal. I'll admit that. <laughs> um, so gang, if you are interested, uh, this is my go-to story. Source in Edmonton, and I'm happy to. You know, quite frankly, I should I shouldn't share you, but I'm <laughs> I'm very happy to share Jason. He is my trusted relationship and my trusted um, go-to source in the Edmonton marketplace. So if you are interested, um, Jason's word is as good as gold. He is one of the most trustworthy people you will find. And if you're interested, I can't highly recommend his services enough. Final word for you, my friend, before we sign thank off. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, Russ. Those are very kind words. And and you know what? There is lots to go around. Yeah. It's just the, uh, again, I know everyone tries to covet, you know, but there there's lots of good deals out there, people. We, we just make them happen. You yeah. can either sit and wait for MLS, but honestly, we've probably, well, not probably, we've got over 50 projects in procurement right now yeah. under construction at various stages uh, you know, it's there's lots of opportunity to go around, yep. but it starts with a phone call. Reach out; we'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, and 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 I know we're kind of just talking about you on one surface level of you know helping people get into a, a property. Jason and I, you know, more so I'd say Jason. You're first and foremost, you're a real estate investor, right? He, we were the last two days we've been working together for a day and a half, and the projects this guy's got on the go. You got some very exciting initiatives, and and you love real estate. You're a real estate investor, right? You're you're like that combination of somebody who can find properties for people, but more importantly, you break trail and you buy things yourself in order to recommend that to your clientele. Russ, I don't know yeah. any other way. Yeah. Because I can take that information that I, I guess, use myself as the guinea pig. Yeah. And, and really make it better yeah. and get it to a point where we can now have confidence in it. Yeah. And again, you've, you said it correct. It's not about selling. It's just making sure we got something that works. Yeah for other people and 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 that's it so the point i'm trying to make here at the end is are you open that we can have some more conversations in the future and we can talk more about some of your projects that you yeah, have gone some sure. really exciting things on the go like honest to goodness i was sitting there and i was so fired up after our, our f1 f sorry not 150 f350 you got a new a new truck yes uh just recently in order to tow the the fifth wheel mm -hmm. right that you're soon to get um if you're open to it, maybe we'll share a few more details of some upcoming exciting projects. So I would love to. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I hope we can exp uh, inspire yeah. people to take action because I've said it and I'll continue to say it. You know, what we do is not anything out of the ordinary. It's no rocket science. No, it's just hard nose 
you know, sniffing out opportunities, knowing how to analyze them from an overall perspective and, and making it happen. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, and get, I call it greedy. I call it being a PhD, pig headed determination. <laughs> uh, okay, that sums <laughs> no, it up. Yeah. Yeah, well, gang, um, stay tuned. There'll be more details coming up. And you know the drill if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment, like, subscribe, share it if you're listening to it on podcast, leave a review and share it. And most importantly, if you're interested in Edmonton, give this guy a shout. Okay, bye for now, guys. Okay, so did you enjoy that conversation? So first and foremost, thank you very much, Jason. We had a wonderful time in his office. We literally for an entire, I think it was three or four, three, it was four days. We were out in the field, shooting some wonderful videos, looking at properties, writing offers. Now, as I've recorded this one, I have an active deal on the on the play right now. A wonderful infill lot with a very favorable zoning opportunity, one house on it. And the zoning in that area is you can put up to eight residential properties on that. I don't know if I'm going to go as much as eight, but I definitely can put six on it. So you can take something that has one on it to eventually put six on it, that is a value-add opportunity. That is an opportunity where you can raise the utilization of that land. That's a highest and best use. So offers at play, um, conditions on it right now. Conditions, you know, will be hopefully coming off within uh, a week or so. Um, but an exciting opportunity, and stay stay tuned. Uh, maybe I'll share a few more of the details of, of these upcoming transactions. But here's the thing is, tremendous amount of opportunity in the Edmonton marketplace. And we're not just talking price points and rental rates. Uh, We dove deep into this here. I I believe it's a combination of many things. It's a combination of a market that's been uh, flat and is extremely affordable that people are moving to. Like literally the last quarters on the Alberta population growth old chart, um, they've set records for people. And the last time we've seen this kind of population in migration into Alberta, the housing price more than doubled in a, in a fairly short period of time. So I'm not saying that's going to happen again. Like don't, you know, don't clip that out and say, Russell says the real estate market in Edmonton and Alberta is going to double, but it is all lining up. And we covered a lot of that, the population trends, the affordability, the affordability of the rent, the tightening of the rental market and rents are going up. So lots of opportunity. And then the one opportunity I'm really leaning into and paying very close attention is a lot of the zoning bylaw changes. You know, for example, uh, just recently they changed the zoning bylaw that you potentially, you know, if you were having, say, a side-by-side duplex, you, you couldn't have both either a garage suite or uh, lower unit suites in them. They've just changed that, that you now can have a side-by-side duplex with suites and garage suites. So potentially, in some of the properties I'm looking at, um, you potentially can put a side-by-side, so you have two main units. You have suites in them, so you have lower units as well. So that's four units. And then in the back, you can put a four-bay garage with two garage suites on it. You potentially could put six units on it. And that's the one I'm looking at right now. And if that, if you get a big lot, a big enough lot, you can accommodate that. If you get a smaller lot in the correct favorable, you could put 
a house with a suite and a garage suite on one, a three house combo. Like literally if you take something from one and when you're done, there's three, you've added a lot of value. You've added a lot of cash flow potential. You've added an awful lot. And especially if you can start combining these together, it's almost like, um, <laughs> here's the fun thing I'm doing. It's almost like playing Lego. When I was a little boy, I played Lego and you build these things as you stack this property here, you put a property beside it. Now you have a side by side and then you put suites in it. And then there's another Lego block in the back. You put a garage on it and you put two suites on the back and lo and behold, you've gone from one unit, one house on one lot to six. Okay. So that's one of the plays that I'm looking at doing right now. And I'm trying to find as many as I possibly can and line up as many, you know, potential people that want to learn the process. And if people are interested in, you know, collaborating on a, on a deal or two, you know, I'm totally open. I'm totally down with having that conversation if that fits for you. Like this isn't a bit of an advanced play, an advanced strategy. It's a little bit more risk, but there's some high reward from the numbers that I've ran and the, the pro formas that I'm going off of, there's some really good opportunity. Okay. With all that being said, gang, if you are interested in Edmonton, if you're interested in maybe taking a deeper dive on what the opportunities are, I open my calendar up for some consultations quite regularly. If I have consultation time available, if you just look in the show notes below of the, on this podcast, there'll be a link there where you can just click it on there. And by all means, you'll, you'll have to go through a few questions, some simple questions. Like we're not talking a big, long, in-depth process. It's pretty simple. And then after you go through a few of those questions, you will be directed to my calendar where you can book a time one-on-one -on -one with me to find out if this is a, an opportunity of something you'd like to pursue further. All right, gang, hope that helps. Uh, more information, more details, more training material, more content has come between Jay and I making a commitment to get out to the Edmonton uh, more regularly again and a uh, lot more coming your way. All right, gang, hope you have yourself a wonderful day. And remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.